Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Figure News Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Kendall. This week, we have a featured guest, and that featured guest is Rob Lick, one of the co-owners of Threadhead Custom Clothing. And they're doing a whole lot more than clothing these days. They've added custom stages. They're doing a WCW Nitro stage with the Mattel Creations crowdfund not getting funded. This is an option to get a sort of in-scale WCW Nitro stage. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the things that they're working on at Threadhead, all the custom clothing, what's hot, what's not. So stick around for that. But first, let's get into the news of the week. And really, what a bummer. Heading into the weekend, we found out that the WWE Elite, then now forever four pack, that pack exclusive to Target featuring Hulk Hogan, Rocky Maivia, Becky Lynch, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That pack is being recalled. And the reason behind that, it sounds like, is the packaging. The packs that made it into stores have a 60th anniversary logo on it, and they do not feature the then, now, forever, together tagline. And I guess that is the reason that these packs are going to be recalled. They're going to be redistributed at a later date. Mattel WWE Global Marketing Manager Steve Ozer posted on their WrestlingFigs.com forum to hang tight. You'll be able to purchase these figs very soon. So I would say do not go to the secondary market and spend big bucks on this pack unless you really want to have this rare pack. But I would say hold off for now. We've seen numerous reports from collectors who have tried to buy these packs at Target and they've been unable to get through the checkout process. So it's a bummer, but it sounds like these will be back sooner than later. It's been an odd deal with this pack to begin with because they began hitting stores right after San Diego Comic-Con and they haven't even appeared online. So I kind of feel like they maybe got out a little bit ahead of time. We'll see what happens, but for now, if you find one of these and you can get it through the checkout process, I would say do it, but otherwise hang tight because it'll be coming back very soon. The other big news of the week, Ringside Collectibles finally released its San Diego Comic-Con Q&A, the annual Q&A that we all wait for with Steve Ozer and Bill McKenna from Mattel. The big news coming out of that, they did address the Macho Man Randy Savage Ultimate Edition figure cancellation. Steve Ozer said that the figure is on pause, but he added that Mattel has a really good track record of rescuing paused figures, and he hopes that's going to be the case with the Macho Man. Our understanding is this is the Macho Man's licensing deal that has come up with WWE. I would expect that that will eventually work itself out where the two sides will reach an agreement again in the future. But for now, this is on pause. Ozer continued that he doubts that this is the last time we're going to see Macho Man in Mattel's WWE figure lines. So, and I would doubt that too, because Macho Man has been such a go-to figure for them. So they also shared a bunch of thoughts on a variety of topics from basic figure articulation to play sets. Let's run down a few of those and let's start with some of the play sets. The, WWE team has been pitching Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber, various play sets that we haven't received in a long time. What Ozer said was 
those playsets need the support of retailers to do a full run. So I would expect that those will come out eventually. He said they think that they're getting very close to that. And he even mentioned the possibility of ringside carrying them. We've seen that happen in the past. So maybe we're a little bit closer there. As far as the other playsets, and we talked about the WCW Nitro crowdfunding project, Steve Ozer called it the end for now. He talked about rescuing things again, and he said maybe there's a way down the road that they'll be able to rescue this project. And there was a lot of work, you know, hundreds of hours that went into that project, and they don't want to see all of that work and effort go to waste. Also, they talked about the legends. They were asked specifically about Pedro Morales and the great Muda. And of course, they're not going to tell us that those guys are on the way. But they said that although they shared a lot of plans for 2024, there also was a lot that wasn't showed because it wasn't quite ready for primetime. So first time legends, returning legends, some holy crap surprises when you see the names and visuals pop up. There's more coming, Steve Ozer said. So I would expect more of first time in the line legends, of course. If we're getting Terry Gordy, I'm sure we'll get others down the line. One of the other big news stories coming out of the Q&A was Bad Bunny. A listing appeared on Walmart for a figure. It didn't go live. Steve Ozer said that Bad Bunny is not coming. And he said maybe it changes, but for now, that was an error. I don't, I don't know how Walmart makes that kind of air, but it sounds like Bad Bunny is not coming anytime soon. And they hit a few other topics. You know, Hulk Hogan's getting a new torso, and that's going to start with the Hulkamania 3-pack that's exclusive to Target. Basics, it was just time for those figures to evolve. Steve mentioned that there's a swivel at the hip joint. It's not quite like an elite, but there's more articulation and, and range of motion there than there ever was before. So you can go watch that interview over at wrestlingfigurenews.com. It's also up on YouTube. So go check that out. Finally, let's close it out with some weekly purchases. And I recently received some of my ringside collectibles orders. I have the Randy Orton Ultimate Edition figure now in hand. I think it's a great figure. I will say I think they missed the mark by not including some different heads. I, I don't need three three or four Randy Orton beatneck heads. I, I want some of those classic Orton looks, and I've already head swapped that figure, and I think it looks a lot better, but kind of a bummer that they didn't go with a more colorful attire too, something a little more iconic than his RK bro days. But I understand why they went this direction, given that so much of the deco budget uh, was probably earmarked for the Macho Man Randy Savage figure that eventually got canceled. It's a bummer, but what can I say? Like, I'm still stoked that we have an Ultimate Edition Randy Orton figure. Also, I finally got the Top Picks Cody figure. Although this attire isn't really accurate, I will say that it's a really great figure, and I'm excited for everybody to have a chance at Cody on the shelves in the coming months because that Top Picks line is perfect for bringing in new collectors. I'm glad that 
young kids will, out there will have a shot at getting Cody figures. Also, I received the AEW Unmatched 7 series. I picked up everybody but Thunder Rosa. Very glad that I ordered the Pac Pentagon Penta L0M and Ray Phoenix figures. I think those are three very underrated figures. And this is in a year that the Supreme Collection Penta and Phoenix came out. I think that these are just on par with that. Phoenix's tattoos may be a little too dark, but that figure is just gorgeous. I, it's a major upgrade over previous Phoenix unrivaled and unmatched figures. Penta is always great. And Pac is 100% underrated. That is one of the best figures that I think that I've seen from Jazzwares in a while. As far as likeness goes, they gave him three heads, one with an eye patch, one with the uh, blindfold on, and then a regular screaming scan. That Pac figure looks really good, and it's in scale. It's about the same size as the Mattel Elite figure, and I think it's an upgrade, actually, over that. The Hook figure, I like it. Something feels a little bit off, at least with the scaling, maybe, or just the, the legs and the trunks, how they're sculpted. The likeness is pretty spot on, and maybe the scale seems off to me because his hair has such a... Uh, it's he's got some big hair that figure looks really good and i haven't opened up the uh, cm punk ljn figure yet i'm going to reserve judgment on that until i have that uh out of the package but looks cool i would say if you've been on the fence about this series go check it out i think it's worth picking up that's the news that's the weekly purchases for this week let's get to our featured interview with rob licht from Threadhead Custom Clothing. Threadhead is known for figure clothing, but they've expanded the business to other offerings. The latest is a big one, the WCW Nitro Stage. The Mattel crowdfund, as we all know, didn't make it through, but Threadhead is offering its own version of the stage. So joining me today to discuss is Rob Licht, one of the co-owners of Threadhead. Thanks for being here, Rob. Hey, Justin. Glad to be here. Thank you. I'm stoked to have you here. So tell me, why did you all want to jump in and create a WCW stage of your own? Well, it goes back many years to believe it or not. Um, you know, on the Reddit boards and things, there was some 3D prints that floated around for a couple of years now. And, and you know, we acquired a couple of 3D printers and we were actually working on this a couple of years ago. And when the Mattel crowdfund came out, we stopped. We completely just halted production. We're like, this this isn't going to fly. Mattel is going to go above and beyond something we can't do. Uh, so we sat on it. And as soon as the crowdfund didn't make its quota, we immediately went right back to production, building it out. And, and we're able to get something out on the web that kind of took off and, and went a little viral um, and gave us the opportunity to say, hey, let's go scale this. How can we go make this happen and make it a piece that's affordable but also something that, you know, is big enough that people are going to appreciate. So we settled in on where we're at and we're still kind of fine tuning some ancillary details of it, but we've shipped out now on uh, the initial couple of waves of pre-orders. We've taken feedback from those folks as well and kind of just continue to, to make modifications to make it exactly what the customers are looking for. What, what have some of those uh, 
what's the feedback been like yeah. so far? What have you sort of learned from the process and what are you sort of updating? Yeah. So uh, a couple of things we did um, on the stage pieces themselves when we originally, uh, before we went to um, shipping to customers, you know, Gareth and, and Erica, um, my uh, the co-owners of the company live in Oregon and I live in Michigan. So it was nice because they would produce one, box it, ship it across the country to me so I could open it. I could make sure that everything was where it needed to be, that there was no broken pieces, that we could finalize exactly how we needed to go bubble wrap every single thing uh, because it is. I mean, 3D prints are, are great. They look great, but they also are very fragile. So we needed to take extra precautions to make sure that we didn't just go run a bunch of these sets out start selling them and then have, you know, backlash from people saying, Hey, what's going on? These are all broken. So um, some of the things we learned about the stage pieces in particular was uh, we started out with a much smaller piece and they were all pieced together from there. And what we landed on was like a six inch by nine inch stage floor that we could put piece by piece by piece next to each other, uh, which allowed the flexibility for people to move things around based on their shelf space, based on um, where they're displaying it with the arena or, or whatever backdrop they're leveraging. Um, and they could buy additional pieces if need be beyond the six that we provide to them. So um, it's really been a, an eye opener for us to go dabble in some of the things that we could do. Uh, the the trusses themselves, we added some enhanced uh, um, backing on them to allow for them to kind of be standalone. Because uh, originally the first ones, you know, I, I call it the shake test, right? You don't want these figures or anything to fall over when you bump the table or you, you know, knock something or move something around. So uh, we added a, like an L bracket to the bottom of them to allow for more uh, balance and durability. So uh, there was, there were a couple of things on that front. Um, also trying to figure out from a lighting perspective, how to put in the LEDs to make them not only look good, uh, but also display well uh, in video or photography. So uh, a lot of things we've done to kind of get into it, um, still trying to reduce the cost as it's been exponentially greater cost to package things, right? I, we go through a, a roll of, of 36 foot of bubble wrap just to package one <laughs> single uh, unit before we ship it out. But, you know, that's, that's what it takes to make sure that customers are happy and we want to make sure that we're providing that to the customer. Yeah, it seems like this would be a really challenging thing to put together, especially after what we saw from Mattel, because they sort of laid it out there. I mean, the, theirs was humongous and just the amount of detail and the electronics and everything. I I believe that it was worth every bit of the I, whatever price that yep. they had yep. put on it. I, I can't even remember if it was like 400 bucks or, yeah. or what at this point, but yeah, I think in, in listening to some of your previous podcast, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're spot on. It was the selection of what figures came with it that really broke it. Right. Um, you know, everybody wanted a Scott Steiner. That was an inevitable piece that they could have placed right at the front end of things and really made it work. But um, I think there's a couple other things that could have been into play, you know, maybe working back to get a licensing deal with with Sting to go, you know, get one more Sting out there or something down those lines or or even a, a full-fledged NWO set that would really kind of make it pop. Um, but for us, it was really about making it look as big as it needed to be while also keeping it shelf space wise. Uh, tangible for a, a consumer to be able to do that because 
you know, I've got all the big displays, you know, and I, and I, but I have a garage that I put them in. I wouldn't have room in my home to, to place all those stages. I love the pop-ups, um, the extreme sets, the dioramas, uh, all of that stuff. But when you get into some of these stages and next thing you know, you're, you're taking up a, an eight foot wide section of, of space just to, just to put a display up, it gets to be pretty troublesome. So we've, we've scaled it back where we've got it at an ideal state of about 30 inches wide which we figure, you know, an average bookshelf, it can fit on there. Um, we've got it around 12 inches tall, um, but we also have the flexibility to, to take it where people don't need the floor pieces. They don't need the entrance ramp uh, going to the, the ring. They can just buy the trusses. They can buy the side plates or the uh, WCW logos, um, the WCW block letters, things like that to make it all fit on a shelf or go bigger and go with the stage pieces and, and the lighting and the whole nine yards to make it be exactly what they're looking for. How much attention to detail went into this? Uh, did you try to make it as close in appearance, whether it's the, uh, the banners in the background or the, you know, WCW Monday Nitro logos and the, the chain link, the trusses, oh, yeah. like how, how detailed, like how, you know, close to the real thing. Did you try to get? Well, I think, I think that I give that nod to Gareth's um, artistic niche of wanting to make it as close to perfect as possible. Um, and sometimes I have to, I've got to rein it back a little bit in terms of cost versus value and time and effort to be put forth to some of the things, but uh, it was definitely considered, Hey, you know, one, we need the TNT, right? We got to have the TNT logo that it, it's synonymous with, WCW Nitro. If we're not going to have the logo on there, then you know we're not we're not doing it the right way. So making sure that everything was the way it was back when you know the actual Nitro stage was out there was where we were going to try to target um, the back piece, the chain link, um, the trusses. You know, we tried to get as close as we could, even printing out the the actual lights. Right, we had a couple of different ways. We had the lights that were individually. Uh, glued onto the trusses. We ended up going with kind of a bracket light instead uh, because it, it shipped better. It was safer um, from a, a breakage standpoint. Um, and then we have them all set up with like Velcro. So the cool thing is, is by doing with the Velcro, you can essentially change out the logos and turn this into any stage you want it. You know, we'll be able to print a variety of different things from, you know, some people with their own personal uh you know, figure arenas that they want to have their logo place up there where you can just pull that logo off, put your logo on and, and make it your own. But we've got a lot of other things in the works uh, on that side of, of things, but we certainly wanted to go down the path of making sure that we did this and then we did it right because we knew that if we did the nitro set the way it was supposed to be done, we could get into some other pieces like um, we're, we're working right now um, on the, the nitro um, announcer booth area of getting something scaled out there. Um, obviously, you know, we've gotten a lot of feedback that ECW would be one that people are, are after and, and we could make that much more affordable uh, just based on, you know, the sheer magnitude of what goes into that. Um, you know, I there's think Brian Myers, his ears just perked up when you said that. <laughs> Brian, Brian's uh, enjoying the, uh, the mini IPA cans we probably just shipped over to him. So nice, uh, but yeah, no, uh, it, it's, there's a oh, endless possibilities on the 3d printing side you know i mean we do a lot of things that uh, we're into doing uh, miscellaneous accessories right now 
uh, we're trying to perfect the railings. Uh, that's been a, a challenge to get the railings to the right magnitude of being able to be stable, you know, and you even look at the things that came out from Mattel and other companies that the railings, when you pop those little pieces on the bottom, they're, they're a pain in the butt. I remember the NXT railings, they mm-hmm. loved, but they were so bad to try to put up or, or stand up. Um, so we're trying to work on those things, you know, weapons, uh, light bulbs are actually one that's been all the craze. We've done fluorescent bulbs and we've done them both as a straight bulb and then as a broken bulb. So that's been a big win. We, we did cheese graters, pizza cutters, you name it. We're into it all. Um, wow. We're actually doing right now, and I shouldn't, um, hopefully Logan isn't upset with us for doing this, but we actually have enhanced his uh, his Pikachu um, uh, chain to actually be what it should have been with his figure that came out. Uh, front and backsided the way it needs to be in. And maybe we'll kick in a couple prime bottles with each of the different <laughs> colors. We've got those on the way as well. So maybe, yeah, yeah. you can make all. your own KSI figure too. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of different things going on and in the works. And I'm, I think a lot of people are probably stoked to get that uh, Pikachu card for their Logan Paul figures, but uh, back to the nitro stage. How long does it take to produce one? And if somebody put it in order today, how long would it take them to get it? So right now we're about two months out on production. Uh, we, based on what we have from printers and changing out resins and, and cleaning the vats and everything else, uh, we're running about four to six a week. Um, and that's all in, you know, once it's printed and painted in the whole nine yards, you know, we have to glue the trusses together. Um, we're actually reinforcing them as well with zip ties to make sure that, you know, there's no breakage along the way of, of transport. Um, we've opted to go UPS solely on shipping these out as we don't trust the U.S. Postal Service for these based on the first couple of waves coming our way. And, and despite, you know, I'll roll a bubble wrap in there, still finding that they must drop them many times over in transit. So UPS ground or UPS uh, expedited shipping is the way we've moved on to. And although it's a little bit more pricey, uh, it's definitely worth it to make sure that the customer's happy. So one of the things that I, I've i noticed with at least wrestling figure collecting, and I, I'm sure it happens in other genres as well, but this is really my sort of wheelhouse there are makers out there who are making belts, they're making shirts, they're making accessories, they're making stages now, they're making all kinds of different things. How do you do this without, you know, running afoul of either Mattel or Jazzwares or whoever out there? Oh, that's a, uh, so um, legally, there is no copyright infringement for custom work, right? So as long as we're deeming things custom, theoretically, we're not we're not infringing upon or taking away the sale of anything else. Um, now, if Mattel would have brought out that nitro stage, we certainly wouldn't even have dabbled in that one because no one would have wanted to invest, you know, two hundred and twenty five dollars in a knockoff. They would have just wanted to pay the four hundred dollars eBay the figures and, and get their stage if that's really what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, there's <laughs> there's a couple of wrestlers who have have. Uh, reached out and not been so happy with what we've done. And there's been other wrestlers who literally come to us and ask us to do things for them, especially around Christmas time. 
um, you know, I was pretty excited to see uh, the Nicholas figure coming out uh, as we've actually, we partnered with Matt and, and Brian a couple uh, years ago when we made a figure for, we didn't make the figure, but we made the clothing for the figure for Nicholas that they gave to him for a Christmas present. Um, you know, Tomasa Champa is one that uh, his wife has reached out and been like, Hey, we need some for the, for the kiddos and the grandkids and stuff like that. Um, you know, but there are a couple other wrestlers who, uh, will remain anonymous, but, um, they may have jumped ship from, from one federation to another, him and his wife. And, and they may not be happy when they see his vest up there before his figure was released or, you know, things like that. Um, so, you know, we, we try to be very careful because we want to be respectful, right? I mean, this isn't something we're doing to try to, you know, take money out of anyone's pocket. You know, we know that a lot of profit can be made and a lot of, you know, beyond the contractual salary that a wrestler gets, you know, getting money from the stuff that they, you know, sell um, is part of their rights and what they get. So um, we try to do the things that Mattel can't do for them, uh, you know, like a, uh, the the stone cold shirt that says the f beer you know or f fear drink beer thing you know stuff like that yeah. or or anything that that the the rights have have really lapsed that there is no trademarks so we check trademarks we make sure that we're we're following suit with that and being respectful of those things um but also people want you know they want what they want and we try to give the customer what they want now if they're buying to go resell then we're going to be a little bit more apprehensive to sell to them in, in particular. Uh, but if they're buying for the personal collection, right, we get a lot of, a lot of customizers who wish this figure would came out with this shirt. And so we'll go get their shirt and, you know, we'll, we'll pull down the images from, you know, free image areas and, and leverage them. Or if someone brings, I think we once did a shirt for a guy that happened to go to the tonight show with uh, the rock was there and he took a selfie with the rock. So we put that picture on a shirt for him. So he had a picture and then he made himself a figure standing next to the rock and he was wearing the shelf selfie shirt that he took, you know? So, I mean, we, we try to do it all for people, but um, obviously it is, it's a sensitive area that you just have to be, you got to be cognizant of what you're doing. You're not doing something that is intended to harm or, or hurt anyone's financial well-being. So. Yeah. And, you look at some of the products that are out there, like one that stands out to me that's new on the site, or I think fairly new on the site is the John Cena GI Joe shirt. And that's a shirt to me that I will be surprised if we get because of GI Joe is a Hasbro pro product. Mattel has the WWE line. Yes. They have some form of working relationship uh, that they didn't before, but I don't know that it'll trickle down into WWE like this. So if anybody wants that GI Joe John Cena shirt, they need to hit up somebody like a, a threadhead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big, big play. And, and we don't do anything that is substantial. I mean, we're not running 500 shirts of one particular shirt and selling it, you know, to try to cannibalize the market um, or to try to, you know, infiltrate a place that, that is truly something. I mean, Harley race, you know, they re-released the figure. Um, and we used to do robes for, for the Harley race figure or the King Booker figure and stuff like that, because you get that cheap plastic mold from Mattel. And, and, you know, I mean, I feel like 
because of companies like ours and feedback from you know people in the industry that have been very you know they voiced their opinion fearlessly that this this rubber stuff doesn't fly we want actual soft goods um i think it's it's changed the game a little bit and it's made people recognize that you know soft goods look better uh and yeah i'm sure it probably cost mattel a little bit more because we know the cost i mean we Every single shirt that we print is made on a Gildan t-shirt. You could go to the store, buy a Gildan t-shirt. That's what we do. We buy Gildan products. We cut the um, um, everything out of their shirts. So one, we know it's it's not going to bleed onto a figure, that there's not going to be any issues with that because it's exactly what you would buy if you went to Michael's or Joann's to buy a t-shirt to you know screen print your own logo on there. So we just happen to cut a hundred out of a, a t-shirt before we ship them out. That's good to hear because I, I've experienced it. Anybody that collects the AEW Jazzwares line has experienced it. I mean, even Mattel has their issues at times with yep. the the bleeding, the staining of the figures. I mean, try and find a Legends Rick Martel figure that isn't stained. Yeah. Yeah. But and and that's one thing that I'm glad that you brought up is is the staining. So. I'm, don't have to ask you whether your shirts stain the figures and i've purchased shirts from you in the past and i've never had an issue either so it it's good to know yeah yeah no it's definitely something and it's funny because you know competitors tend to cut corners right and i mean even if you're printing a logo onto a shirt if you're doing it on a print base versus uh, an iron on or a sticker on or anything like that you know obviously um you run that risk of that bleed. And as much as people will say, Hey, my, mine aren't going to bleed. Well, they don't know that, that, uh, you know, Larry's going to put his figures into a tote box and put them into a storage unit for two years. And it's going to be 200 degrees in there. And he pulls them out and now they're all ruined because of it. So we don't have to worry about that with our stuff. Um, and everything is quality tested. We stand behind our products. Um, I will take a loss to make a customer happy. You know, if a customer is unhappy with the product, you know, if a, if a logo didn't, you know, meet their needs, we'll do it again. We want to make it right. We'll mail them out a brand new one free of charge. We get a lot of people on, I, I shouldn't say this, but I hope it's not true. We get a lot of people on eBay are like, oh, I never got my order and it shows delivered, right? U.S. Postal Service says it was delivered, um, but we want to assume that we can trust people, but we don't bat an eye at it. We just make a new one, mail it to them free of charge. We want that customer happy because we need to retain those customers and bring them back next time. I'm glad you brought up the one-offs as well, because I think you recently did a, a series of one-off uh, Harley race robes. Yep. Yep. When the greatest hits figure hit, yep. do you plan on doing more of those, whether it's the Harley race robe or more like one-offs in the future and yeah. how can folks get in on that? Yeah. So, um, I'm told we can't do the robes anymore because it, it takes way too much time to do. And, and, you know, they end up, uh, they, Gareth flat out was like, Hey dude, we're making less than a dollar an hour to make these robes. I was like, okay, that, that doesn't make sense. And we can spend that time doing things that are more advantageous. So we'll do the one-offs occasionally. Um, but we'll do things in pockets. Like for example, right now, uh, we're doing like a, uh, black hoodie, uh, in a solo Sokoa shirt. So mm -hmm. go in, in tune with that. And we can do a white towel as well uh, versus the mold 
that comes on the the Mattel figure that uh, I, sometimes the the molded ones photograph better, but other times you may just want just a plain Jane white towel that we throw in there. Uh, we just did an NWO um, shirt and the leather jacket for the Eric Bischoff that um, that just released with the molded vest that with the painted arms and stuff. So um, so we do things like that and we'll do those in one offs. Um, what we're gearing up to do is to do things where we'll do like a, we'll do a flash sale on something and we'll just run it where it'll be 10. And then when they're gone, they're gone. We did macho, uh, macho King gold jackets. Um, when that figure came out a, a little while ago with the tassels and everything else, um, we used to do things like the young bucks jackets with the tassels on those, uh, the Kenny Omega cleaner trench coats. So we have the capability to go do those things, but there is a significant amount of time and effort that's put forth into those. Sometimes you just got to decide whether, you know, I make 10 shirts in an hour or I make one trench coat and I sell a trench coat for 25 bucks or I sell a shirt for $10. Do the math on which makes better sense for us, you know, financially, but we also want to make sure that we make the customers happy. So we'll do, you know, I mean, when Orange Cassidy came out, we came out and did the Orange Cassidy uh, jacket and denim pants or the Scott Hall, the denim vest and, and pants for him. Um, we've done things for Goldberg, uh, like uh, sweatpants and, and jackets or, you know, he had a Harley Davidson jacket for a little while and, and people wanted that. Uh, Roddy Piper was a big one. People wanted, we do the kilts and we'll do the leather jackets for Roddy's and, and stuff. And the latest and greatest one that we're, we're dabbling in right now is the uh, good old Debo from Friday. Now with oh, all yeah. these figures out there, people are looking for a tiny, they want, they want that, uh, uh, they want that blue flannel shirt with the the special stripe on there. And we've done a Brock Lesnar blue flannel vest. So we're like, Hey, we can make a long sleeve jacket for a Debo figure for some people. And, you know, they're on their own trying to find a bike. We, we're not going to 3d print a bike for them, but uh, I think they could find that kind of stuff. So. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about the shirts. So what is hot right now in figure shirts? You know, keeping up with the bloodline is, is, is a big, big challenge. Um, you know, you can look at like what uh, WWE shop uh, displays is, is who are the highest uh, grossing sellers. That tends to be the same for us, especially when it corresponds with a, a, um, a persona or a change in in the way the figure the action figure or the wrestler himself is is portrayed like la knight um you know we're gearing up for people wanting la knight jacket or vests and t-shirts to go along with that um i mentioned the solo sokoa uh the sammy zane sammy is always a a big uh you know he is a hot especially the the duct tape you know sz to go along with the ko has been a, a very popular one um the Brock Lesnar, uh, his latest and greatest cowboy shirt with the blue flannel or even, you know, just some random um, uh, stuff of that nature. LWO has made a resurgence. That's been a big, big win for, you know, uh, people wanting the LWOs uh, for those those figures. Um, Judgment Day is another one that really gets out there. Um, the AEW crowd is kind of stalled out. Uh, oh, really? So much volume on AEW. Um, and I don't know if it's just because, um, nine times out of 10, the, the, the people that are, are buying the AEW figures, or maybe they're keeping them on card more, or maybe they're not, you know, they're not readily displaying them because it's not that 
you know, although they just hit their 200 episodes, maybe it's just, there's not that nostalgia yet, right? Like Hogan shirts. I mean, we'll always sell Hulkamania shirts. We've done a, a plethora of those. Um, Macho Man, we, I'll never forget. We had one guy, um, and I, I won't mention his name, but he's in the United Kingdom. And he, he at times would buy 50 to 60 different Macho Man shirts at a time. And he would literally send us every figure image that he could find of Macho Man shirts. And he had a couple of those uh, uh, IKEA uh, Detloff uh, shelves that were just, they were just full of nothing but Macho Mans, all with a different shirt from us on it. And it was, it was really flattering to see, but holy cow, that's a lot of Macho Mans. So that is, a, but I, yeah, I wonder no. if some of the AEW slowdown is the product slowed down too. The, yeah. There was a period where I feel like it was from November through maybe April or so where they didn't have new product in market. And even now it from that one drop that they did in early 2023, yep. it's taken up until now for us to get even more new things out. So yeah, I, I think maybe that coincides with it, but I, I think your theory may also be right that there's just not the nostalgia there yet. Yeah. yeah I, and I wonder, I wonder what their t-shirt sales are. I know they do a lot of uh, things in conjunction with pro wrestling tees and things of that nature, but um, I'm just, they, um, you know, they're, they're wrestling versus entertainment, right? That's what they, they take the pride of saying that's what's going on. Um, I don't think they focus on that revenue stream yet. And I think Tony's missing out because I mean, for other than folks like Jericho that, that knows the business and knows how to profit. And he's had countless shirts. Um, they don't really change very often and they don't promote that stuff by wearing it on air. Right. They come yeah. out their gear and, and. I, I would have thought that the uh, better, better than you, baby shirts that MJF and yes, Adam Cole yes. are, no, are now, now those, wearing. But... Those have been, um, those have been popular. Uh, they've popped up recently and, and started to take off a little bit, but I think, I think the problem is, is that in there's so much change in, in AEW in terms of the longevity of, of how they script out their actual matches and, and prolong things, right? I mean, you know the buildup in, in WWE. They're already building for WrestleMania so that that plot thickens as to who's going to do what and when, um, where AEW uh, can change on a dime. I mean, to to culminate this partnership between Cole and, and MJF at all in it, it I get it right I mean they want to break the records and stuff like that but it just feels like we're not ready for that yet they could they could have waited on that one and maybe people aren't buying the shirts because they're already afraid that that's going to be the end of it and then they're going to move on and then what are they going to do with that shirt they're going to put it on a crowd figure I was going to you know yeah. wear it for them and 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 that really you know, we get a lot of that. So makes sense. So how much do you lean on customer requests when you're creating shirts? Um, we, we do take feedback from customers. Uh, we've, we have a tendency if it's one offs, uh, we charge a, an image setup fee just because, you know, we try to, when we print, we try to print a whole sheet of iron ons for, you know, to do a, a run of 12 to 16 of that shirt. But if, if people are asking for things like we just had a random ask for an old Dolph Ziggler shirt and it's like, you know, we love Dolph and, and he's great, but I don't think we're gonna have 16 people want to buy that shirt. So now we've got to go take the time to go resize and, and 
put it on another print sheet and print it with something else and so on and so forth. And then you run the risk of when, when the ink's coming out, that it's bleeding, right? Because you want it to be consistent. You don't want to move to a different color ink and have, you know, something change on you and so on. So um, we do take special requests. Uh, we always say, you know, nothing is off limits for us to at least try. Um, you know, there are sometimes I always, I can hear in the back of my head right now, uh, Gareth's chuckle when, when I call him or I, or I message him and I say, Hey buddy, I got this request for this. And, and I'll hear that little, <laughs> and it's like, but are you going to do it? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. He's like, it's going to take me some time. And it's gonna, I mean, I don't know. He gets out those little, uh, and he's a, he's a bigger guy, you know, he's a former, um, uh, wrestler himself and stuff. And he's from, uh, from England and he's got some big, big thumbs, but he's in there and he's, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he has the world's tiniest iron and, um, you know, slaps those on and, and his wife's ability to, to sew all this from a seamstress perspective is just phenomenal. So we will try anything. And if a customer's not happy with it, then they won't pay for it. So when do you see spikes in orders? Is there a certain event around wrestling that happens that you'll see it? Or when do you really see things sort of pick up? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, WrestleMania is a big one. Um, I think it has everything to do with tax time, too. Right. That's when you get back your taxes and it happens to be WrestleMania and we may or may not run a big promo that kind of says, well, it's time to go buy some shirts from Threadhead. while you know, while I got this money burning a hole in my pocket, um, Black Friday is is huge for us. Um, SummerSlam is is hit and miss um, just because of of the timing or where it's at. Right. I mean, it's it's right down the street from me in, in Detroit this year and. And the spike in volume hasn't been so much as on SummerSlam because they're doing a lot less promoting in advance of what's going to be on the card, right? If we can get into a lead-in and we know, all right, it's going to be this, that, and the other thing. I mean, we inevitably knew that we were going to see Jay versus Roman. Um, so that was there. Uh, but beyond, you know, the real chief shirt and things like that, um, you know, even the fact that because of KO's injury to have him and Sammy off the card right now. I, I mean, that's, that's a big, big loss for us and a big loss for consumers that want to buy that product that want to, you know, their kids want to reenact what's going on on the big screen at the same time. So um, yeah, first of the year uh, we do see a, a little bit of a spike. Uh, I think when people are inside, when it's a little colder out and they're, they're, they're playing with the action figures a little bit more coming off the holiday and stuff. Um, and they want to get the shirts. So I always, I always joke, but it's the truth, you know, with a shirt from Threadhead, a basic is elite and mm -hmm. people can buy the cheap basic and buy a shirt from us. And, you know, so, so the body doesn't bend the same way, but the kids just love it and they eat it up. So. Yeah, that's very cool. So do you keep stock or do you like, is it pretty much made to order? In a perfect world, it is stock. Um, we keep stock for eBay because um, eBay, you know, requires their turnaround time. We do a three business day lead time from eBay um, just to maintain our top seller rating there with, I mean, we have thousands of, of things that we've sold on there. Um, we tell folks two to three weeks on the website because that's all made to order. So mm. there's there's a production process that goes into play, right? You know, we've, we've got to make sure we have enough material we've got the right colored shirts we've got to do the prints if we don't have the prints everything is prepped and ready to go 
And nine times out of 10, we can get it knocked out, but it's just a matter of the amount of volume we have in the queue, right? So like right now, I think we have about 68 orders um, when I looked this morning that are ready to, that need to go out, um, that have, you know, paid in full and ordered. And we get a lot of people who are like, okay, you know, make this for me and then, then I'll pay you for it. And it's like, I, I'm really sorry. I, I would love to say yes, but then I have a shirt that you wanted specifically for you that then all of a sudden you disappeared or times got tough and you couldn't pay the, the $10 for a t-shirt that you wanted. So uh, we do it all, make the order. Um, and we try to get it out in two to three weeks. Sometimes it takes about a month. Uh, we did hit a little snag here with the nitro stages, right? Cause that took up a lot of time and effort to go perfect that. Um, but the nice part is, is while we're producing them, while they're setting up, while they're drying and they're curing, we can go make more shirts and, and stamp on logos and get things out. We did recently modify our process as well to ensure um, that the customer satisfaction was was that much greater. So you may see a little bit longer lead time in getting your product right now, but it's all for the right reasons. One, we're shipping everything from Oregon to Michigan first to the distribution center so that it can be verified that all of the contents are there. It also gives us the ability you know, to quite frankly, add on to orders with what we do have in stock uh, running out promos on things. Hey, we've got, you know, these, these prime bottles or these uh, cheese graters or, you know, these uh, microphones or whatever, you know, do you want a couple of those for a buck or two or whatever and, and toss them in with the orders. So uh, the upsell, upsell opportunity there is, is what we're really honing in on and just making sure that customer satisfaction continues to be number one priority. What's the all-time bestseller? <clears throat> um, NWO. NWO? Just a just a plain Jane, black and white NWO for life. You know, there's the, that is that is the shirt that is always the go-to. And and I think because there's so many members, there's so many people. You know, some people you know still embrace that. Uh, but I would say the NWO uh, Bullet Club would be a, a distant second. About two years ago, I'd say Bullet Club was was right there, neck and neck with NWO. But as the Bullet Club has kind of died out and the, the prominent players have moved on to other, you know, ventures. Uh, we don't see as much on the Bullet Club side of things, but, and then Hulk, Hulkamania runs wild with Threadhead. Uh, we're always getting people that want, and clearly it runs wild with Mattel because they're constantly pumping out figures for them. So um, we, we embrace that. We accept that. And we just keep making shirts for them. 13 more to come. <laughs> yeah. uh, that license is almost up, right? Is that I, that would have been my guess, but who knows at this point? I, I don't know that I could imagine a, a moment where Mattel isn't making Hulk Hogan figures, but we've had that in the past because, well, for other reasons yep. beyond license, but Correct. we're in that period right now with Macho Man, yeah. which is yeah. a strange place to be. Absolutely. So we, we just got through with Comic-Con. It's in the rear view. What did you see at Comic-Con that maybe, you know, the light bulb went off and you said, I'm going to sell a lot of shirts? Um, you know, th this this year, um, unlike years past, there really wasn't there wasn't that one thing that captured the, the the attention that said, OK, we need to stop everything and we need to go focus on this. You know, obviously, first time in lines are big for us, right? Just to make sure, because people want to make modifications and stuff. Um, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, uh, 
it, we're getting into a place where we're getting a lot of remakes, right? And some of the first time in lines coming across this time are like the Terry Gordy and stuff like that. I, you don't think of a shirt for that, you know, where you would for like a Terry Funk and the Funk You shirt that has been a big, big play for us in the past. Um, so we're kind of in a, a spot right now where what we do is we anticipate once we see the photos of the release of the new series, then we coincide that with specific shirts that we can queue up and prepare to go launch at the same time to try to meet the timing of which the folks like Ringside and, and wrestling, um, you know, other wrestling superstore, wrestling collector, uh, WCS, things like that, will come out with, with said uh, figures for launch so we can match up with that. Um, but obviously, like Muhammad Ali, it doesn't set the world on fire for us to go make a shirt for a Muhammad Ali figure. Um, where in the past we've been overly excited about like the the Hogan, um, the No Holds Barred, the Rip'em shirt and stuff like that that people really wanted to to go get. So I don't know anything that you saw that you're like, hey, Threadhead, you need to, you need to be making something for this. Not off the top of my head, you know, like I I thought that Jazzwares missed the moment as far as showing product that that really excited me at least you know new product that's you know not too far off into the future like i i keep saying that i i wanted to see like the uh all out cm punk and when i think of that you know figure you know he's in the white pants and he's got that cut off yep. shirt i yep. i think that would have been a perfect option there yep. um we barely saw any cody's so yeah, I, you know, yeah. I feel like that, that jacket. Maybe... We want to make that jacket so bad, but gosh, that is so hard. That anytime looks like it would be. Well, anytime you're overlapping the colors and stuff, it really gets to be challenging. I still don't. We've done some of the split shirts before. Like uh, Seth was was big on that for a while, where he'd have the split shirt, different color on one side, and, and I, I don't even know how we make them, but they turn out phenomenal. But yeah, like. um I don't know. I mean, you, you've got the Kurt Angle coming out. We've done mm. team angle hoodies in the past. Those have been a big, uh, big thing. I get the chuckle from Gareth because of those little tiny stars that he places down the arms and how hard they are to cut out. Um, but, you know, beyond that, there's, I mean, Dominic Mysterio, the Judgment Day comes with a Judgment Day shirt. So that kind of takes a little bit away from us there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see the Roddy Piper may be a hit for us. We may get back to like reality checks and stuff like that shirts and, and whatnot, or just the overall rowdy shirt with the, the red uh, outlined collar and stuff has been, been a big one. That might be an opportunity there with the Coliseum collection, because the shirt that comes with it doesn't have, it's not a ringer tee. So yep. I think that that might poke, you know, that might be an opportunity, but yeah, I, I don't know that there was really anything that stood out to me this year that I was like, man, we could really use that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, at, at some point you get to a point where there's, there's so many, and then like the remakes, it's like me personally, as a collector, I've always tried to figure out a way to, to balance the, the cost associated with collecting. And so my stance many years ago was I'm going to only buy or I'm going to try to only buy one figure of each wrestler. And that's a challenge. And I, I'm, you know, full disclosure, I, I don't meet that 
all the time, but that's my goal, right? If I see a, an upgrade to a figure, then I want to go get that and I'll sell off the other one. Or, you know, we do a lot of selling of figures that I don't know if people realize how many figures we sell in a given year, but we do a lot of closeout sales where you'll get uh, people will want to sell off their collections and we'll buy collections and then we'll run fire sales and three elites for $21 shipped, you know, stuff like that. I mean, where you really either for customizers to be able to have the, the, um, the parts and pieces that they need to do that, or just simply because, you know, Hey, my kids want to play with this, but I want to put it on display. Let's get them these figures on the cheap from, from threaded. And we buy them for about five bucks a piece from people. So by the time you're selling them for seven with shipping, you're not making any money, but you're no. making customers happy. And that's, you know, the retention piece of it. Do you run those sales on Facebook? Is that where you run them? Yeah, we typically run them on like Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, whether it's posting the photos or sometimes um, I'll go live and just blow through things because I'm trying to clean space and move. I mean, the nitro stages take up a lot of space when you're when you're working on, you know, displaying them and setting them up and trying to piece them out exactly how they need to be and stuff. So, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big collector myself and I like to have all of the, uh, the figures on display and stuff and, and, you know, customized with all of our shirts. I have a list of shirts that I still need, but we haven't had enough downtime for me to, to get my, my shirts done, which I think is a good thing. So what what's at the top of your list? top of my list for me to get done right now is probably to get the bloodline just mm. to get, I, I would like to get that just finalized. Um, but I don't think we've seen the end of that. I think that's just, that's where it is. Um, in, I think we're going to see some changes. Obviously there's a lot of play out, you know, I, I don't know. People still say maybe the rock, maybe not the rock. I think that was the end all be all a long time ago. People were expecting it. I think it's, less likely to happen now in, in, you know, in this, in the eyes of, of the mainstream media. Uh, but I think it it's going to happen. And I think when it does, it's just going to, it's going to go like crazy and it's going to set the tone for the bloodline story to be one of the best, if not the best ever uh, in the history. Well, but WCWs as well. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. clean up my WCW space, obviously now with the nitro set, um, and having that on uh, display and, and making it exactly what I, I want. Now I've, I've had a, I've had a spot, you know, there's a, uh, a good friend, Carl Steele out of, uh, out of the UK. Uh, he used to make custom uh, displays and was all out of poster board and printed material. And I think he went to the library and printed them and stuff. And, but his work was, was impeccable. And, you know, it, it was, it was a sad day to remove the old WCW Nitro stage that I had there and put this brand spanking new one up that's 3D printed and looks so much more realistic. Um, but now I'm really excited about WCW. So trying to trying to put all the shirts on all those guys and get get everything done up the way it needs to be um, is where I'm headed. Well, that's awesome. Well, Rob, where can people find Threadhead and order the stage, order you know, some of these one-offs, yeah. get some shirts. Absolutely. Find you? Yeah. Store.threadheadcc.com. Um, if you want to find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you can simply just type in FB or IG or TW. I guess we got to switch that to X now, but .threadheadcc.com. And I'll take it right to our uh, individual um, social media platforms. Uh, we are going to work on bringing out a YouTube channel as well. Uh, to kind of display some of the things that we have, talk about some of the new things coming out. 
Uh, so a lot in the works, but yeah, store.threadheadcc.com or you can find us on eBay or you can just Google threadheadcc. Make sure you hit that CC, that custom clothing at the end there because there are a couple other companies out there that are threadhead, but certainly not the threadheaders that we have following us amongst the uh, the wrestling community. Right on. Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Justin. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wrestling Figure News Podcast. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. A big thank you to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for the Wrestling Figure News Podcast theme, Hackers. We will be back next week.